Hello and welcome <laughs> to another episode of Explorers of Elsewhere's Elysia Rising campaign. I am DM Dan and I am joined by five beautiful creatures who are chomping at the bits to play some Blades in the Dark after a successful, quote-unquote, first episode. <laughs> we found oh, the, the episode, lady! The episode was fine, but the, the story, yeah. everyone is <laughs> boned. Yes. Uh, stuff and things happened, uh, and I assure you, uh, dear viewer and or listener, that stuff and things are also going to happen uh, in this episode. Not if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> well... Well, we, we will see. With that said, who wants to crack on? Yeah. Yes, please. Let's go. Stuff and things. <laughs> Welcome to Elysia, the jewel of the north. On our gilded streets, fortune and fame can be found by anyone. Hi, I'm Julia, and I'm playing Magpie, an ace of our lurk. Hi, I'm Nate, and I'm playing Cavern, a dragon scent slide. Hi, I'm Meg, I'm playing Frida, a wolfkin cutter. Hi, I'm JC, and I'll be playing Algernon, an ace of our spider. Hello, I'm Errol, I am playing Atta, a goblin whisper. And my name is DM Dan. I will be the games master on this adventure. So come on in and marvel at our wonders. Make sure you see the beautiful views we have to offer. And don't mind the ghosts. They're friendly, really. Grab yourselves a seat and make yourselves welcome in the city of Elysia. Peace is understood in many different ways. It is a choice. It is an emotional state. It is an ideal that many strive towards. And yet, despite all of this, peace can be hard to achieve and harder to maintain. On a day in which the citizens of Elysia came together in unity under the beloved Tavarien, a keeper who dedicated her life to being a champion of the people, the city has been struck its greatest blow since being lost to the Void Sea. News of Tavarian's death has begun to spread through the streets, and there are those who whisper tales of murder. Elysian thoughts turn to the peace and cooperation Tavarian had forged between the fractitious factions, wondering whether or not the city will maintain the cover of peace under which it currently resides. On this dark day, there is one small gang trying to keep their heads down, who know a few more details than most. Four chilling words. The veil is failing. And so. Before we kick everything off, uh, we need to allocate the XP uh, that we acquired last uh, in the last session. Um, so uh, the way this works fundamentally is that you lot tell me uh, what you did or did not do to deserve your XP. Um, we will kind of very quickly go around the houses. I know that Magpie had desperate mm. action. I did, um, yes. So you get a point in uh, XP and prowess. Yes. I believe it was a desperate prowl. It, it was indeed. Uh, who else did a desperate? 
I think mm-hmm. that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, okay go, 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 go. When um, I did arcane bubble stuff, it wasn't desperate, was it? That was Just risky, yeah. I believe, yes. Um, if if it wasn't, uh, hopefully someone will tell us in the comments below, uh, and then we'll make that mint amendment. Um, but yes, yeah, let's start. Uh, let's let's go around the houses. Uh, so, Magpie, mm, right. um, we you have the option to tell me uh, that you gained XP from uh, playing up your playbook. Uh, expressing your beliefs, drives, heritage, or background, or uh, because you struggled with your vice or traumas. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So did you? What did you? I do? I wouldn't say I struggled with my vice. Um, it's too oh. early for any trauma. Um, and I I wouldn't say any that my vice tempted me into anything bad. Um, my in terms of playbook specific XP triggers for a luck, it's all about the sneak. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did quite a lot of ch- facing challenges by by prowling around on rooftops and the like. Uh, and also the whole finding Tavarian and that was that yeah, was all sneak. getting lost in Old Town and, <laughs> and all yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy um, so with I that. would so I would say two XP. Thank you. And I uh, put that you, wherever I want. Wherever you like. It's going into prowess. Okay. Okay. Great. And then for expressing my belief drives heritage, I believe did because I had that conversation with Tavarian where we were talking about keeping, you know, keeping going for the sake of the city and all that stuff um, and was kind of rushed headlong into a house that the black the black guard had just been in because I was worried for this sort of civic figure. So I would say probably that's an expression of my beliefs and drives. Sure. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, have another so that was at one XP. Yeah. Into prowess it goes. Boom. Okay. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, Atta, um, how did uh, how did you express your um, playbook, belief, strives, heritage, background, or vice or traumas? Okay. So, I, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, whether it was a challenge, but I studied the coin in the sense that this is cool and interesting and study is one of the da, 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 da. hello hello yes you address a challenge with knowledge or arcane power so that was one thing but i also from express beliefs drives heritage or background utilized some urchin children to the best of our abilities <laughs> um sure, yeah, since yeah. i am under was it from the, like underground, the, un- the underground yeah, mm. yeah. The underground Underworld. yes um, and then I suppose the other thing that I did was uh, consort with Bubble, attune with Bubble to try and find our way once we got lost, which you could argue is a little bit d- dipping into the vice, but also just the using attune. Yeah, I think that that kind of relates more to your playbook because uh, you mm. you weren't struck, like you didn't go off course. In yeah. an attempt to go lick bubble, or, or... other than <laughs> making some kind of devil's bargain. Yes, um, yeah, there was some, something a bit spoopy. Ah, okay. Okay, tell you what, you know what? Yeah, let's say let's. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with one on the vice then. Like you, you were able to you 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 willingly coerced yourself with the things that are trying to eat your souls. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. Um, you definitely did the playbook. That's for sure. Um, 
Leaf Strive's heritage background? Oh, the kids. The urchins. Use wild labor. I will. Let's say I think everything you did in that mission was playbook specific because you either stud you studied the coin, you used the ghosts as a compass, etc., etc. So I'm going to say two for the playbook, one for the beliefs, one for the vice. Ruby, so four. Ruby, thank you, thank you. Uh, who's next? Uh, JC, how did uh, sell me Algonon's XP acquisition? Um, so as a spider, I have to address challenges with. Calculation or conspiracy, uh -huh. um, and I think I did that by cooking up a conspiracy. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and I maybe express my background by um, speaking to a young soldier from an old soldier and yes. uh, having a heart to heart with him before I attempted to frame him for political murder. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um... Okay, yeah, uh, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. Um, yeah, everything you were doing was kind of string pulling. So, uh, anything from your vital traumas? I suppose. I don't think so. I didn't really use the for the foresight um, weirdness. Sure. Um, okay. Yet. Um, I am happy to say two for the playbook because you say all you did was string pulling and one for the beliefs so let's say three xp nice uh nate um i kind of felt like i did cavern of dirty because i don't think i did anything to gain what? xp um did you not uh... you teased the youths went after frida like and then you did the stuff with the fancy ladies like distraction Mm. If I remember correctly. Yeah, you were definitely schmoozing mm. during the the thing. Mm. Um, I guess Frida was the one that chased off the Utes. Yeah. Uh, although you did uh, well because you were. You got up on the shoulders and was mm. very. <laughs> I. Okay, let's say one for the playbook. Right. Because you did, you were doing the schmoozing. Mm-hmm. Um, special belief drives heritage or background. Uh, I mean, what? Okay, so here's the thing: when it comes to things like beliefs and drives, um, they can change from like session to session, like, mm. and you you are in control of what they are. Um, but I mean, how how close is your bond with, say, Magpie? You did mm. stop to make me me feel better about um, being prejudiced against. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good true. shout. Yeah. yeah, that's that's XP worthy right there. Oh, I'll <laughs> take that. Um, so, how many would you say that is, Dan? Uh, so so far, two. Did you struggle with your vital trauma? I suppose. Um, Plesia and all the church, like the faith, didn't really crop up. Um, so let's say two. Oh. Two this time. I'll take that then. I'm going uh, to And last but not least, Megmog. Hello. Hello. Uh, what did uh, Frida do to get some um, XP? 
I guess going back to the Utes, um, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely threatened them with violence. That was great. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think you could potentially class it under coercion as well because it certainly they didn't stick around for very long. I mean, if I remember correctly, you threatened them with a good time, but sure. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> it was a, it was a veiled threat, a thinly veiled threat. Sure, sure, sure. It can be both. It can be it both. Can be... <laughs> okay, yeah, I I will agree with that. Um, you did a uh, let's say one for the playbook. Um... I would also say that. Um... In the the flashback where I uh, spent the evening trying to yes. get the guard, you know, um, stupefied drunk. That's mm-hmm. sort of. I think that's very much using, you know, um, my sort of like. I th- I think if if my vice is to sort of obtain stupor, I then know how to elicit that in others, and I'd say that. Um, you know, Freed is very, very known for for being the one that that sort of. Sure. What's the word? I um, I would I would counter I would counter that by saying because you didn't end up in a bad situation off the back of it. No, so it I didn't struggle like, with it. But but could it be drunk with them? Could it be an expression of your kind of background, who you are, Frida? The fact that that was the tack you chose. Well. DM Dan once asked me what would be Frida's greatest moment mm. and I and I answered that Frida's greatest moment is being the last woman standing in quite a sizable bar brawl. Mm. Yes, you did. So yep. I think mm. Frida is no stranger to sort of um, you know, causing a ruckus and mm. and getting the party started. In the sort of you know sure. the bar scene across Alicia, we'll we'll say yes to one. <laughs> it's tenuous. I'll give you that. It's tenuous. <laughs> <laughs> if you squint and look at it sideways, no, we'll give you one. Okay, uh, so that sounds like two. Yeah, two as well. Okay. Yeah, fab, 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 Okay, uh, and um, also the crew advances. Um, so there wasn't a smuggling operation um, t- that took place, so there's no crew-specific XP trigger. Okay. Um, you did, however, uh, gain XP for uh, contending with opposition above your station. So that's one. Uh, oh, uh, buh, 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 uh, Mark, uh, yeah, one XP. Um, you bolstered your crew's reputation with Musto. Yep. So that's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you express the goals, drives, inner conflict, or essential nature of the crew. Uh, this one is very broad. Essentially, mm. did anything happen that highlighted the specific elements that make your crew unique? Mm. For for the purposes of episode one, uh, what makes your crew unique is that you find yourselves in the center of a bit of a mess. That <laughs> uh, we will be highlighting for another 19 episodes. So you will uh-huh. say, we'll say plus one XP Thank for that. Thank you. Um, if you, uh, unless it happened a lot, tell you what, let's give you. A, so let's give you another. The crew is on four XP. Right. Uh, when it reaches ten, 
but when it gets its 11th, it will level up. Fab. Bish, bash, bosh. Um, that is XP. Um, right. So, we find <clears throat> five individuals scurrying as fast as they can through the streets of Old Town. Um, away from what appears to be a growing crowd um, and panicked cries that are beginning to get louder and more numerous as the minutes go on. And as you all desperately kind of dash, presumably avoiding the patrols, taking a relatively... Well, do you take the shortcut through Spire Park, or do you go the long way around through Dusty Hill, Waterside, and Rookridge? I think we probably don't want to retread any steps, do we? I think probably, no. the, I would guess, the long way. Okay. In which case, as you travel anti-clockwise around the, the circular living space of Elysia, um, you only seem to ever be seemingly be a few steps ahead of the news reaching fresh ears the sounds of people hearing what has happened in old town as you move past them um and despite the the different kind of temperaments of the citizens uh, within the districts that you move through as you move through them the reactions all generally seem to be the same one of confusion, panic, worry, shock. As you cross the, 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 as you pass by the waterside markets over the bridge, you travel through to Rookridge and cross the river a second time. Uh, you begin homing in on home, in a word, in Duskland. Uh, the, the the streets become wider as you emerge out of the Rookridge slums. And off in the distance, you can see uh, the walls of the Ivory, the community that once uh, claimed to be the home of House Antelier, but still, to this day, claims to be the home of Cadwallader Manor. As you kind of as you're moving through the, the streets of Dusklin, um, are you collectively heading to base or are you heading for somewhere else somewhere equally as hopefully hopefully equally as safe would we be going back to Cadwallader Manor or would we be going to our other place back to the spectre the spectre yeah back to the spectre. okay um, <clears throat> in which case you stop short of the um, southern ivory wall um, and as you pass through the familiar arch that joins the two buildings on the corners of this street um, and you head down the cobblestone street with a few stones missing um, you see a hanging sign over a door like a black painted door um, engraved with the carving of a jovial but ghoulish face. 
and in gold in faded gold filigree writing underneath the words the spectre um, as the five of you enter um, a small bell ding ling rings as you enter in there is um there are a few patrons in this kind of like upstairs area um a small the, the spectre is a small and homely tavern of sorts it was small enough that it only probably only see about a dozen at a time at a push um and a, a warm smile greets you um from the uh, bar lady behind the bar um a couple of heads look up to look at you uh you see one worker who appears to have had quite a few dr celebratory drinks on this uh, auspicious day um and one more noble looking individual uh a a lorivar who spies you for a moment before going back to um the broadsheet that he was reading you are right, loves uh, what can I get you? Says the bar lady with a somewhat knowing look. Oh, I'm something stiff, the... I think. <laughs> I'm guessing we know the bar lady's name. Yes. Um, the I'll tell you what. This is a uh, this is the... so I don't talk all the time. <laughs> what is the bar lady's name? Juice McGee. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gladys Juicy. Or <laughs> <laughs> the Gladys bit is all right. <laughs> What's wrong with Juicy? How about I... Stella? Stella. Okay. <laughs> Fine, we'll go with Stella. Or otherwise known as Juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Stella, like... Juicy Gladys. She likes to like. Well, actually, would there be citrus nope. fruit? No, there wouldn't be no citrus. No, but maybe that. But in the days before the bubble, maybe she got the nickname, <laughs> yeah. and it just. She was, yeah, She's she has a special way of squeezing the juice out of things. <laughs> she has juice. a juicy tracksuit with juice yeah. on the back. Yeah. <laughs> juicy couture. <laughs> juicy. <laughs> Emblazoned across the buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's character building right there. Uh, so, Juicy Stella um, <laughs> is a uh, yes, a very like <laughs> she is certainly a uh, an individual of two halves. Uh, like there are two halves of the coin to Stella. Um, there is the warm, welcoming, like plump-cheeked, smiling uh, Stella, uh, and there is the "you've broken the rules, I'm breaking your fingers" Stella. Um, uh, but because of her relatively no-nonsense approach. Um, the spectre has managed to kind of avoid a lot of trouble um, over the years, um, but yeah, she she kind of she's smiling at you, she nods at you. Um, when you ask for something stiff, Frida, uh, she gives you like a knowing look. Um, are you uh, are you here to see the boss as well? I suppose. He's um, he, he's out back. I'll uh, I'll holler for him, she says, um, and you 
like Algonon, you see the almost imperceptible kind of move of the arm under the bar, um, where uh, there's a there's an ever so slight click. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll see you, and she kind of nods her head to um, like a small seated area um, that potentially looks slightly out of place with the rest of the tavern, given that there's a large bookshelf uh, that covers one side of the wall. Thank you, Stella. I think we'll take something stiff all around. <laughs> she um, she nods. Uh, well, I'll uh, I'll send the order down. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let the boss know. I'm sure he will let you in through his uh, his personal stash. And she gives you gives you a smile um, before kind of pouring out another shot of um, like shroom whiskey for the, the poor chap drink drowning his sorrows in front of her. As you kind of move into the back room, um, I say there are a couple. Of, there are about three or four seats in this kind of back area, um, and all all the way, like wall to wall along the back, um, is a large uh, bookshelf of um, some pretty kind of good conditioned older books. Some some real some real belters. Um, Magpie, you certainly would have read quite a few of these in your uh, infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you uh, as you follow the instructions that, that you've been given uh, a number of times, um, and you pull, um, you, you turn uh, a small statue that's on the uh, third shelf around ninety degrees. There is another clonk, and part of the bookcase swings open, revealing a staircase. Mm. Down we go. Is down right. Is it yes, down? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you descend into like a partitioned part of the basement. Um, and there is a somewhat louder hubbub um, that kind of rises up to the stairwell to meet you. Um, and when you get down to this kind of secret bar area underneath the spectre, um, you see that there are a few more people down here than there were upstairs. Um and as you kind of glance across there are a few familiar faces um a few not so not so much uh but one face that greets you as you enter uh with a like a small cheer almost is an elderly acevar stood in between a bar and rows of quite expensive but pre-veil spirits. The dusky-skinned uh, Acevar smiles at you, um, and uh, like his kind of mutton-chop facial hair, kind of rising up as he does, um, he looks at you all with his one remaining good eye, uh, his left, uh, which Algonon, as you peer across, you realise are as vibrantly red. As your, is as vibrantly red as your own. Um, his other eye, whilst also still tinged with crimson, um, is dull and uh, kind of glo- glossed over um, like a cataract, with a number of scars crisscrossing from his forehead down to his right cheek, um, hidden partially by a intricate golden tattoo. And as you look back at the owner of the spectre, Eric Caven, um, he smiles to you. 
How do? It's good to see you back. Good to see you too, Caven. Have you, uh, been down in this cave all day? Well, yes, I, um, for some reason today, I didn't feel much like celebrating, but, uh, even hidden away down here, I'm hearing troubling things. Is it true? Unfortunately. I is true. You see Caven sort of like bite on his bottom lip as he closes his eyes and like scrunches his face up. Uh, and then he, he looks to you and, uh, well, he pulls out six shot glasses and in each he half fills it with a like a ruby alcohol um, and for some of you this would probably be the first time that you've had non-mushroom alcohol <laughs> or non-eel alcohol for quite some time um, but as he offers you each a, um, a half shot he, uh, he nods to you and to Tavarian to Tavarian. Yep. Tavarian. Um, he knocks it back. There's a. You watch as he <clears throat> shivers. Um, you yourselves, depending on your constitutions, the stuff is strong. It really kicks um, as it moves down your throat. Um, and to the point where some of you might even find yourself caught unawares and <clears throat> have a, <laughs> a, a, a quick cough, um, to which Eric kind of chuckles at. Um, if you lot were up there, do you, do you know what might have happened? Unfortunately, we do. But I fear it is a, on a need-to-know basis for your own safety. Right. That's, that should, that, that makes it sound so much more ominous. <laughs> The, the Sangrevar um, kind of gestures over to a seat in the corner. Um, I mean, it sounds like you need a little bit of time to unwind, so I'll give you some peace. But uh, if you want to talk about it in the future, just let me know. I'm always here. Much obliged, Derek. I was going to ask a world question. Yes. We talked about the newspaper. Yes. Uh, last session or a couple of sessions ago mm. who who predominant is there a sense of who runs the news in Elysium like uh, so there is really a, so once upon a time Elysium would have had um, like quite a few uh, news publications um, as well as sort of like uh, so there, there would have been a number of printed um, like newspapers um, and there would have been um, like uh, town criers and, and so on and so forth um, like since everything happened um, the treaties has kind of been the only one that survived in so much as there's only a finite amount of news and rather than having um, like multiple publications reporting on the same things but over a small area everyone's just kind of conglomerated into the treaties um so yeah the the the, the broad sheet that the law of our noble upstairs was reading would have been that of 
of the treaties. Um, but certainly, yeah, on your way back through the various districts to Duskland, um, you would have started to hear, um, like, as the murmurs of Tavarian's death were kind of following after you, um, you would have seen sort of like young young kids kind of running out into the street with like their little treaties, billboards, kind of uniforms on and murder like death in the old town death in the old town a hero is killed blah, blah, blah. Like, that would have been a chorus that rung out after you but we don't we don't have a sense of like whether or not like the newspaper is mostly run by like ayah like church sure. support uh, yeah um surprise surprisingly um the treaties has has managed to keep itself relatively independent um mainly also because um like because the various factions are kind of looking after their own bits and bobs uh, there were some attempts for example that the, the pillars once upon a time tried to move in on the media and try to take it over but there are enough kind of independent reportings that they just kind of managed to get shunted back so um the you, you all know the treaties to be relatively um like honest and without um that like without critical agenda like underneath it but at the same time they are in a virtual just common folk so sometimes the information isn't as comprehensive as what it could be mm. <laughs> um yes as you all kind of grab a seat, um, who who's the first to sit down? Why do you ask? What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> because a mimic. Um, no, just just who's who's scooching into the booth first? I'm going to scooch into the booth first. Okay. So what? So you can do this? Ah, yeah. put your arms around. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in which case, yeah, as you scooch in, um, Cavern, what, as everyone else kind of scooches in, what, what's your mind, where's your mind at in the aftermath of what's just happened? I think Cavern is definitely sort of feeling a, a bit, for once in his life, very few times a little bit lost for words. Um... Like it's not probably been the first time he's seen death, but seeing someone that he knew, um, that's probably hit him quite hard. And I think he is, I think he's ready now to just sort of see what everyone else is sort of thinking. Sure. Um, well, Kevin, as you think about this, uh, you get to choose. Who is it that slips into your left? Um, I'm going to say Frida. Okay, Frida. Um, yeah, as you as you feel the warmth from that half shot from Eric, kind of warm your stomach. Um, what are you thinking? So first of all, I think Frida would have initially gone to sat down and then stopped herself and would have instead sort of started almost pacing on the spot um, in front of the table, um, probably 
you know, had probably gone back to the bar at some point and got herself another drink and a sort of, you know, um, kind of asked for the bottle and um, and would be sort of pacing um, in front of the table, just taking sort of nervous swips and looking quite agitated. Sure. Um, Eric is kind of looking at you as you pace and he's got a a sympathetic look on his on his face um, like an understanding look you know eventually she would sort of just sort of place her hands on the table um, and, and sort of look at everyone in return and go right you see I've never been very good at being kept kept down kept kept prisoner you know, I it never served me very well in the workhouse growing up and and I've never felt very comfortable being under this bloody giant bubble for the last two years. But but now now we know that it's you know possibly not gonna be there much longer. I don't know, I I I doesn't it doesn't give me a good feeling at all. I Oh, and she just takes another swig and continues pacing. Um, Frida, who is it that responds to your musings? Oh, I'm gonna say, let's go, Algonon. Okay. Um, Algonon, you, as as Frida says this, um, where have you? Put the note. Is it still like? Is it still in your like in your hand? Is it tucked away in a pocket or? A... Um, yes. Yeah, so I've concealed it up my sleeve. Sure. Um. And as I bring it out, if you're paying attention, you might also see I have a a small um, arcane pistol up there. Um, and I and as um, Frida is talking about the the veil failing. I bring out that little piece of paper, roll it across the table so we can all see it properly. And yeah, the note, um, perhaps there's a part of, uh, part within each all, within each of all of you, um, that wishes that perhaps the ink would no longer be there anymore, but the words in a very um, a very kind of flowery cursive writing the veil is failing um, Algonon what are you given everything you've seen especially sort of like overseas and like all the horrors of the horrors that you would have seen during the war for example um, perhaps like perhaps your stomach is a bit more um, hardened to terrible news like this, but yeah, what are you? Where's your mind at? Algernon is more disappointed that he he failed to find her and speak to her before it happened. Um, if if he'd had just been a little bit quicker getting backstage or been more attentive, he might have had the chance to catch her. Uh, he would have very much liked to speak with her 
and confirm a few of his theories. Mm. Um, but um, he doesn't really speak his mind, so instead he sort of starts musing about... Um, I should really improve the portability of my uh, photographic uh, equipment. If only it were a bit more uh, clandestine, we might be able to... And he just sort of starts to little, starts to mumble. Um, as you, well, as you mumble, um, let's say that, uh, Atta, you're the one looking kind of hard at this note, because I'm getting, arguably this would probably be the first time you've properly seen it. Um, but like, in this moment, you just kind of have a quick thought to... Given your knowledge of the arcane and mm. you know magic in general, um, and the the order of things within this place, one silver lining is that she would have been found very quickly by the authorities. So at least the spirit of Tavarien wouldn't emerge from her body, and wreak havoc in Old Town mm. before having to be forcibly put down. Mm. Um, at least her spirit can be kind of dissipated in a controlled manner. You hope. Mm. But yeah, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, your beloved bubble there's a bit of paper here that says it's not well. Love it, bubble. Um, I think at a, at a sort of half... You know when you ha when conversations are happening and you sort of vaguely respond to them because something big just happened? I think mm -hmm. Atta responds to Algonon like... Do you really think that even with a magic picture, they would believe that he did it? If he did do it? I mean, he's the leader of the guard, right? He's the leader of the guard. Capable of a lot, I'm sure people will believe. Hopefully we won't need the magical image to uh, take his chestnuts out the fire, as to as to say. I hope so. Um, I think Atta's kind of got like one like finger on the paper and is kind of slowly, like inching it just closer to to them, and it's just kind of focusing in Atta's weirdly intense way on this note trying to figure out if it has any secrets okay so is that like a amusing does it have secrets or is that uh uh you're rolling to see if it has secrets I, w I would like to roll if um if i had to choose between two different roles i think that atta's a little scared to kind of tune into anything like sure. like magical at the moment um so i think it's more she is studying this paper like is there anything unique about the wear it 
where this paper came from, whether it looks like it was torn from a larger book, whether it was written a long time ago or hastily, you know, all those, you know. Is it on particular stationery? <laughs> okay. Did they go to paper well, chase? And, Give and, me. And <laughs> maybe if Tavori, I can't, then Tavarian, I'm, I will get there. If Tavarian has ever, it's like, right. She's dead. You don't mean you know. <laughs> if the dead old lady, um, <laughs> if she has ever like penned any like public notes, like I guess, it was did she write it and she wanted mm. to hand it to someone? Like, mm. it sounds like you are uh, scrutinizing detail and interpreting evidence. I'm trying to, yes. Uh, please roll me a study. Um, controlled standard. Okay. I've only got two stress. I'll push myself. Is it two stress for pushing? <laughs> two stress, yeah. Uh, so one extra dice, and sorry, can you, what position was it? Uh, uh, controlled, controlled standard. standard. Okay, groovy. Thank you very much. Okay. A partial success. As you look at the paper, like you're not really able to, because it's a, it's a torn scrap, um, like you're not able to ascertain like its origins or anything uh, in particular. Like you notice it's, it's quite clean, but it's also a bit hard to gauge its kind of age because it's been crumpled and like folded up and not, you know, it's, it's, it's gone around a little bit. Um, the ink looks relatively kind of, fresh you do know um that it's not Tavarian's writing mm -hmm. but the one thing that you do kind of surmise as you think about it um is that it was clear like she had you know Tavarian clearly had this note it was in her hand when you found her. And after, presumably after receiving this note, she was killed for it. And it makes you wonder why, why was Algarve there? And putting two and two together, there's you, it dawns on you. It's because he probably knew what was on that note. Because was it he, a note he didn't passed take it. to him? Hmm. Was, do you spied the note that was passed to Algarve? Was, was there a note passed to Algarve, JC? Uh, yeah, a, a courier came up to him during the speech and passed him a note, and then, um, and then he made his exit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, um, kind of piecing it together, uh, Algarve was tipped off about something. He then headed to his carriage, like his coach, mm. um, as Algarve might have mentioned, um, and then effectively went, like, ended up in the same place as Tavarien, uh, after which. She, where she was having a rendezvous, you know, with the purple, the lady in purple, um, mm. and at some point in those minutes, she was shot. 
I guess we need to find this lady in purple, right, Magpie? Magpie doesn't answer directly to you. She's just staring down at the note quietly. She hasn't said anything so far. And she just goes, the veil is failing. So the thing that keeps us alive is breaking down. And the person that kept us working together is dead. What in the hells do we do now? As Magpie's voice, that question lingers in the air, um, the your position changes slightly uh, off the back of Atta's uh, possible success, um, and you hear the sound of the book, the hidden, the secret bookcase door opening, and some slow, ponderous, thuddy footsteps come down the stairs. And in as this figure kind of comes round the, the corner of the at the bottom of the staircase, um, you see the silhouette ever so slightly illuminated um, by the low kind of candlelight around you. Uh, you see the silhouette of Mustovan. Um, oh, great! And, <laughs> and that bottom mm, feeder right now. Just what we need. <laughs> and he, as he stands at the bottom of the stairs, you see him. He stops for a moment. And there's like there is sweat glistening on his brow and cheeks, um, presumably from his exertion of walking from his part of town to here. Um, and you see him; he pulls out a dirty handkerchief and oh, like lifts up his kind of pork pie type hat and pat like pats his head, forehead quite violently before oh, sort of like rubbing his his cheeks with the, with his sleeves. Um, and as he like breathes heavily through his mouth, he slowly catches his breath and then looks over in your direction. Uh, ah, there you are, he says, and he waddles over to your table. Ah, Musto, welcome. A pleasure as always. Yes, I know, I know. Um, right, so you were. Uh... <laughs> We've got some information about your purple lady. Marvelous, marvelous. And I don't mean the butterfly. <laughs> uh, he he laughs. You know he doesn't understand why he's laughing, <laughs> <laughs> but he laughs nonetheless. <laughs> um, and he he sort of oh, and he sort of like grabs a chair from another table that someone was about to sit down on, and he just kind of drags <laughs> it over um, to your table, and then kind of takes a seat and sort of puts his hands firmly on his thighs and go hit me with it. As there's an ah behind him. Yeah. <laughs> well, we found out quite a lot, actually, but unfortunately, um, it's far too important for the likes of you. <laughs> Mosto looks at you, his mouth hanging open, like his jowls just sagging slightly. And then his brow slowly furrows and like it shrinks his already tiny eyes even smaller <laughs> you what we're talking information of national importance musto we can't have you spitting it on the hands of every lazy tom in your social circle 
and he 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 blinks. Yes, Algonod, yes. It's Rachel for Algonod. And he 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 sort of like shakes his head as he tries to comprehend what you're saying is saying. And what's what's this bird got to do with national security? Well, I can tell you that we found um, her favourite flower, lily of the valley, and her favourite mushroom variety is the portobello. I think your pockets might not be deep enough for the rest. Mm. He he growls, like audibly growls, and you see his sort of like chin vibrate as he does, and then he uh, unless unless what. Well, you were telling us all about your business ventures. Maybe we could make one. Mm, he starts tapping his like squashed little nose a few times as he ponders this business decision. And uh, so, if I set you up with some jobs, you'll give me the juicier gossip. Exactly. We require leads to arcane substances, so any magic that passes under your snotty little nose uh, should come to our pigeonhole here at the Spectre. Okay. I see. I see where you're get, what you're getting at. All right. Well, well, I mean, apart from her flowers and her mushrooms, you find out, like, where she goes or anything like that. Like, well, has, again, she, the... has she got friends that we might be able to, you know, have a word with? Again, this is incredibly important and valuable information, so keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. She works for Algarv. She's with the Intelligence Corps. Oh, pissy now. Oh, and like you see this goblin rock back on this stall. Like, oh, oh. And what? we believe she. Ha we have reason to believe she has orchestrated the assassination of Tavarian on his behalf. Magpie's just sitting there making eyes at yeah. the other <laughs> No. <laughs> Tavarian's dead? Oh, haven't you heard? Oh, no. When did this happen? Um, it happened this earlier this evening, Musto. I apologise for breaking the news to you in such a way. I know how oh. dearly you felt towards her. Uh, she was... She was all right. Oh, wasn't she, she was all right, wasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's a bummer. All right. Well, it's good to know about this uh, this purple lady, though. All right. Um, well, I best go. Uh, I best go tell the boys the, the bad news. Oh. Uh, and he, he turns and he looks over to Eric and could I have a, a glass of your finest in honour of Zavart? And before he finishes, Eric's like, no. <laughs> like, puts a bottle away. Um, and Musto, well, I'll be honest, that's more information than I was expecting. So, uh, a deal's a deal. And he drops uh, we four coin we agreed on, right? Sure. Sounds good to us. He drops the, and, um... the, the four coin and future business propositions and i trust you'll give us the space to do our work in the future without popping in for an errand every five seconds sure sure sure. i'll put the word out tell the boys not to give you too much trouble if you're moving around on their territory they might they might still come up and ask you i mean it's, you know, it's only 
it's only it's good of them to be curious about people wandering around on their streets but uh they shouldn't give you any bother not unless you uh, piss them off or something but uh, i can't i can't imagine that you're gonna do that so tell you what we yeah i, I think i think i like you so well let's consider ourselves uh associates shall we quite let's keep it civil marvelous and i'll uh, i'll put the word out that uh, you lot are on the job uh right then i say i'm gonna uh they're, they're really stingy here with the drink so i'm gonna go uh go go tell the boys the bad news maybe we'll get someone else to give us some booze instead and he um bangs his hand on the table and stands up and bottles out as um, uh, as Frida watches him go, uh, she just turns around with a big grin and says to Algernon, Oh, I do love watching you play with your prey. <laughs> that was perfect. So, um, as you have uh, pleased uh, Musto with your information, your reputation with the underworld mm. goes up great okay what we're gonna do real quick we're gonna grab a tea break all of this downtime stuff and the repercussions of it um, will be part two mm. thank you bye